Next stop, Capitol Hill Station. Can I get a uh, deluxe fry, a medium coke, and two ketchups, please? Deluxe fry, medium coke, two ketchups. Crossing Broadway. Block sign is on. Crossing Broadway. Welcome to episode 14 of Struggle to Connect. A couple of months ago, my friend Heidi Rasmussen invited me to an event called The Coffee Woman at Roy Street Coffee, which is our neighborhood undercover Starbucks. I'm sure most of you are aware of the undercover Starbucks stores, so I won't go into that. Um, One day we can do away with titles like women in music, women in comedy, women in coffee, etc. But this was an important event because it brought together about 100 coffee professionals at all levels, from owners, roasters, importers, liaisons, the list goes on. Uh, It was an impressive group. Plus, it gave them a chance to tell the crowd what positions they were hiring for. And this being only one of the endless male-dominated fields, it was nice to try and give some of those available jobs to women to shore up the chasm that still exists. Heidi has been in coffee for 30 years and is the single most knowledgeable person I've ever talked to on the subject. She's worked for Illy International since the late 90s. Illy is an exceptional company. If you've ever had their beans, buy them. They're great. Love them. They've got a great product, and Heidi's a large part of the exceptionalism of that company. I met Heidi in, I think, 1985 could have been 84, 85, somewhere. And I I met her through Brian McDonald. Brian is also the subject of two of my my previous podcasts, so check him out. Uh, Brian and Heidi met in line at Star Wars, which is all very fitting, especially if you knew them in person. If you're interested in all things coffee, you'll definitely enjoy this conversation. Even though Heidi and I could talk forever about anything, This time it's about coffee. She's highly intelligent, charming, and funny as hell. Makes me laugh every time. Um, After the event, Heidi and I went up to Volunteer Park at about 10 o'clock at night and sat right by the, I always call it the Black Hole Sun because of the Soundgarden song that's about it, but I think the piece of art is actually just called the Black Sun. Anyway, that's where we were sitting. It was a super quiet night, just a few people looking out on the city, a clear night. And the park closes at 10. We were being outlaws by being there. That's because we're total badasses. So now that I've set the mood, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Check, 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 check. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve, and twelve, at the Ladybug's picnic. We're good. We're good. Okay. So, um, Heidi Rasmussen, Amy Vanderbeck. Um, it's it's a uh, a Thursday night. It's dark, and we're at Volunteer Park by the Black Hole Sun. We are. Um, so we just came from the uh, coffee woman. Uh, uh. What was it called? The Coffee Woman Boat Event. Event. And um, it was nice to talk to so many women in the coffee industry that have been in, in it for muchos años. Sí. 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 And, um, muchos años. Yeah. And you've been in the coffee business since 1985, 86, Six. 86. Mm-hmm. And, um, big 3-0 this year. Big 3-0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I, I was going to talk to you about like I'm doing this podcast about class issues, mm-hmm. and it's inter. You know, you can give me this coffee angle, but um, I was just talking to um, Mitch Hale from Espresso Vivace from the olden days, and he had he owns uh, four coffee shops on a roaster down in L.A., mm-hmm. and um, he just turned sixty, and we were. It was funny because we were just talking about um, how, and I just talked to another woman tonight about that thing where um, you feel like you have to just like if somebody comes in, they might think that you're you're a barista, mm-hmm. and why is it that that's a bad thing? Like he feels like, and, and other people feel like that they have to show that they're the owner. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and understandable. I mean, you want the you want the. You know, you want to be known for what you've achieved. Exactly. But there's a, when you go to like Italy and uh, what you, what other countries do you go to? I, I mostly just North America, Canada, and you know, well, I guess Canada is part of North America, and um, and Italy are the places I go. And in Italy, is being a barista. What's different about being a barista in Italy versus being a barista here in the states? Being barista in Italy is a. It really is a career that's a long-term career and it's something that a lot of people apprentice mm-hmm. to do um, it is uh, it's a it's a pretty serious gig there's a lot more it's it, it is changing as the coffee world gets smaller and uh, meaning that as the sort of different countries come together and as the world comes together in specialty coffee and, and we all learn from each other um, and it's changed over the years here in the United States. Um, it became more serious here as well. It used to be sort of that transitory job, sort of I'm going to put myself through school, I'm going to do this. And it's still, there's a lot of high turnover, but there's a, a percentage of people in the business that it's a very serious career. Or it's, I, and I it's a launching it, point as well. I thought it was interesting tonight when the uh, the woman from La Marzocco um, said that that cafe that they open in, in the new KEXP building. Mm-hmm. Have you have you been there I yet? I have not been there yet. Okay, it's very cool. I haven't seen pictures. I haven't bought coffee there yet. Yeah. Um, I just made up that word. Bought. I like it. I like to add um, words to this. Yeah, so um, she's, and do you remember what she said? She said they, they um, staffed that bar with people from all over, mm-hmm. not only the country, but didn't she say internationally or am I just making that up? I can't remember. But um, you know, it's a serious barista gig. Yeah. It's not like um, I'm just doing this and I'm going to be playing on my cell phone. No, for a, lot of, for a lot of people, it's become very, something very, very serious. I'd say that 20 years ago, it wasn't as serious and, and it wasn't perceived as a... Serious occupation? Serious ocu- as much of a serious occupation as, as it is now. In fact, there's a documentary that just came out called Barista that follows three baristas through the competition... Uh-huh. Sort of they're, they're, as they're preparing for competition. And, and that's what really changed things a lot in the industry, too, is these coming together and these, these world competitions. They, they do it for brewing. They do it for espresso making, all sorts of things. And people get to share ideas, and, and it's super competitive, and they get real serious about making coffee. Well, I, and I felt a huge sense of pride tonight at that, at that event because I felt like all those years, the years and years and years I spent in coffee weren't a waste you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I'm sitting in a room full of people and I feel like they're my peers and I'm like yeah we can share stories and we can talk about the issues that come up or Mm -hmm. talk about 
quote like we said women and coffee yes. which shouldn't be women and coffee it Just, should be like we're people in coffee yes and we shouldn't be striving to be the best female barista we should be striving to be the best yeah barista. that was a great that, that was, was a great, great line. Yeah. point that she brought up with that yeah. um and um it, uh yeah i felt a lot of pride about like no this is a real mm-hmm. thing that i did and th- there's a lot of um I hear, you know, because of course I have a billion barista friends. Yeah. Those are my only friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. They're wonderful. Okay. Um, but, you know, kind of an apologetic kind of tone. I'm like, sorry. I'm just a barista or I'm, yeah. ju- I'm just doing this until this or I'm just, you know, kind of like, why are we apologizing for what we're doing for a living? And especially if you like it and you're making decent money and you know what I mean like well I, you know I, I I am very proud of the time I spent as a barista because mm-hmm. it was my it launched me into all sorts of things and now I spend my time training baristas like giving back and sh- showing them the things that I have learned and you know throwing a little old school in on them like you don't need to write someone's name on a cup you can remember who you're making your drink for you know so <laughs> it's uh, a <clears throat> it's it's a, and it's a lot of fun to inspire the younger generation the younger generation can you hear me um (laughs) how to make coffee it's a it's a it's a thrill for me and at my age it's like in all these years in the business that it isn't for it's not it's not all for naught right right so after the event i had people approaching me because of because i was the one that the oldest one in the room and (laughs) but with pride with pride Uh yeah um but I noticed out of all the speakers, and I made a comment that nobody had been in the. There are people in the on the um, that spoke that are on all different sides of business, except for that technical piece. And for a, a few years in my career, I was a technician in the field, like fixing espresso you machines. Are amazing. I just want to <laughs> say I have to say that when I owned Watertown and I had my my linea, my three group linea, mm-hmm. I love that machine. But I w- called you with a problem. I opened up the top and you led me through fixing it by memory. Like grab the red wire over the, th- you know, like you knew the layout of the machine just from memory and, and could guide like I was working on a bomb. You know what well, I mean? Like it was amazing. You could have been but on a bomb. back to what you were saying about the technical side, like you were, you had this job fixing the effing machines. Yeah. And it, it was a man's job. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it, it's still, it, it's again that that part of the the business is changing a bit. You see more women uh, and more opportunities for women in technical. But I wish people would talk about it more because um, my boss at the time, the, the man who was my mentor, the person who gave me the opportunity to try this, um, saw that I had a particular type of skill. He didn't put me in a box. He didn't look at me as like, well, she's just a girl. It wasn't that. He's like, she knows coffee and she knows stuff. And I didn't know anything. It didn't, you know, I, I mean, I knew how to turn a wrench and he had taught me some simple things. But when he offered me the job, I thought to myself, well, huh, hmm, sure, why not? Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. he would, he said, I'll just, I'll teach you. I'll show you how. And so I said, great, I'll go for it. And he did. And he taught me a lot of things. And there was never any time that I felt that I was in a disadvantage working with him as a woman. When I would go out um, in the field is when I would get sort of the looks or people would be like, you're the technician or do you know what you're doing, little lady? Or, you know, all of these kind of things would come up. But it was, uh, it was, I I took this as a, a challenge 
and I took it as an opportunity and I took it as sort of a it, it was actually a, a confidence builder for me because I go yeah yeah I know what I'm doing yeah yeah I got I got this and Don't did worry. you get yeah you got challenged a lot about I did what get you challenged know. I get plumbers would challenge me when I'd ask for you know a three-eighths cold water line and uh and are, am I sure that that's the ground wire? And uh, yeah, yeah, it would happen a lot. Yeah. I had one guy say if he needed if I needed his help, and I said, well, if you needed my if I needed your help, why did you call me? <laughs> just a little reminder about yeah. who called whom. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't just walk in here. <laughs> and I wouldn't have fixed my machine with that piece of twine that you tried to fix the machine with. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been it's been enlightening my entire career. I've had people giving me opportunities, and I've had to fight, and I've had to strive, and I've had to do these things. So to be in a room with a lot of women that have even a, a wider, I listen to their stories, and it's just it's it's so wonderful to hear all these. You know, I was doing this, and I ended up doing that, and I ended up in coffee. You know, I I, I don't think I, I say all the time. I don't think people grow up, or I didn't. I wanted to be a ballerina. Um, I didn't say when I was a little kid, gee, you know what? I'd really like to be a coffee professional when I grow up. I really want to be, I'd like to teach people how to make coffee. I'd like to teach people how to fix machines. I'd like to teach people how to, you know, everything they need to know about. I, that was not what it was about. But what I did find, and I think one of the things that came out of this, like listening to everybody's stories, is that you have to make connections and you have to, sort of find that passion inside of you. So I found coffee for me is a metaphor, right, for other things. And coffee gives me a platform to talk about things that are really important to me. So in school, I studied cultural anthropology. I studied history. I studied, you know, um, you know subjects like uh, geopolitics. And so these things were of interest to me. And, and I can talk about these things when I'm teaching about coffee. Coffee touches all cultures. Coffee touches... Um, our lives in a way that we don't even think about it, but there's there's thousands of people that are involved in getting that cup of coffee in front of you, mm-hmm. and it's an amazing human story. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nasty history with coffee, with colonialism, slavery, you know, decimation of indigenous people. Um, there's a lot of joyous stories how it brings people together is this ritual these 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 really amazing things and it still does that today i mean coffee um i can talk about things like gender inequality i can talk about income inequality i can talk about food security sustainability i can talk about climate change all of these things are a platform that coffee gives me to talk about so it's much more important than just slapping a cup of coffee so i didn't think at the beginning when i'm just being a barista that i could make all these other connections and if you just follow and as a lot of these women did, just sort of follow your path, you'll find it. And it's and coffee is a pretty yeah, amazing they, thing. All the women tonight, um, they 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 had so many, they had passions from so many different angles, and they had so many different jobs. I mean, the woman that um, spoke Chinese and she was a liaison, um, and and the woman that worked in Africa, uh, French speaking Africa. Yeah. Um, these women were all over, you know, doing amazing things all over the world, and 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 they went to where their their passions were with, it. and 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 all of that was under the umbrella of coffee, yeah. which was exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, there, it, it was interesting too. Back, harkening back to something you said earlier about, um, prove, there was a woman, woman, and she was nearly crying, and she said, 
why do I feel like I have to prove myself all mm -hmm. the time? I'm constantly having to prove myself mm -hmm. to men that I know what I'm talking about. She's right. like, I know what I'm talking about. Right. And it is so frustrating. And I think that's something that um, women share For in sure. any field. But, you know, that, but like, and, and then there was another woman that talked about, you know, how male dominated roasting is. Yes. Um, but it's nice, you know, the tech side and the roasting side and all these things. There's just, it felt so great to be in that, that room full of these very powerful women and then so many of them also own shops and yeah. own well I was ex the thing that makes me really excited about it is that when I started in coffee 30 years ago the culture was very different in a lot of ways and to see women in so many different uh, avenue or venues in coffee in so many different jobs and doing so many things and then speaking out about it and coming together is a really really huge thing and and I was moved by the the woman who said I have to prove myself because my whole life I've just been having to prove and prove and prove and prove I can do this I can do this I've had battles with my own with my boss about you know not trusting my judgment but trusting my colleague who has less experience than I do you know these kind of things that you know, now you know I'm, I'm older and I could give a shit so I tell them you know you didn't listen to me when you should have because I kept telling you over and over and I am better at this and I've been done it longer and you know I can just tell them what it's all about um, I remember the the whole the moment I still remember the moment that I had I was sitting at my desk and I was this is probably maybe almost 20 years ago so sitting at my desk and I was List. I was on a conference call. I wanted to shoot myself in the head, but because they were so boring. But I was, I was thinking to myself. I was listening to people talk, and I was thinking to myself, "Geez, you know what? I, I, I think I know my stuff. I think I'm pretty good. I mean, I've, I've known my stuff." And somebody asked me a question, and it was a question about my coffee knowledge, and I answered the question, and I thought, "Huh." And that's interesting. And then somebody said, "Why?" Well, I, I was somewhere, and somebody mentioned your name, and I went, "Huh." Why would they mention my name? And I, it dawned on me that I had gotten to the point in my career that I was no longer the, you know, striving to be the expert, but not that, you know, you're ever 100%. I'm, right. I have an expertise, but, you know, I'm, you I keep learning. That, you realize that you are respected in the Yes, industry. I was respected and that I, I know what I know. And I was telling this to a friend of mine who worked, she worked in D.C. She was a macroeconomist. And she was, she told me a story about how she walked in to her boss's office one day and she was, my boss was like super smart, super powerful, said she was someone I looked up to. She was my mentor. She knew, you know, economics like nobody. I mean, she was just, and that's the woman that I'm so glad I got to work for her. Watch her office, her head was on her desk. And I said, what's the matter? And she looked up at me and she said, looked really worried. And she said to me, do you ever feel like this is the day that they're gonna, f that that they're gonna, f you're gonna find out that they know that you're a fraud, right? It's the day right. that they'll find out that you're a fraud. Right. A woman tonight talked about imposter yeah. complex, but right. yeah. And that was that was the first time I had ever heard anybody talk about that. And 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 my friend Angie looked at her and said, oh, "What the hell are you talking about? You're capable. You know your stuff. Why do you feel this way?" And she and 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 then Angie stopped and said, "I guess I have those moments too." And when she told me the story, it resonated because I felt like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, that person knows more about coffee than I do. That person knows more of this and that. And it's one thing it did do was, was make me strive to learn more and to, 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 and to work really hard to get, you know, get as much knowledge as I possibly could. Um, and then, 
you know, it, ha- it, 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 it happened again where, you know, I said, you know what, I know what I know. And, and, I'm, and I'm there now, and, I can, and I'm just going to keep learning, and I'm, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that mentor for other people. And, and that's where I'm at right now, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well, that's your, you know, visiting your house. Well, I've visited many of your homes. But most all my thousands of, of homes well, around you know, the world. Well, you know, when you lived here in Beaton Ballard and when you lived in L.A. and La Brea and all the, <laughs> the La Brea Park tar pits. No, they but, were across the street. They yeah. were great. That's why I moved there, because they were across the street. <laughs> um, I lived near the pits. But now you're on Vashon. But, it, it, you know, going to your house um, is like visiting, a, a, you know, the tabernacle of coffee. You know, it's a shrine. It's it's amazing. You know, not not only in the kitchen, but your bookshelf. And and back yeah. to you know what we what you were saying about you can you can look at any um, like geopolitical thing and bring it back to coffee, mm-hmm. pol- politics, global warming, everything mm-hmm. can bring it back to coffee. And um, you know, your bookshelf is this extensive. It's like it's all coffee. You know, it's amazing. There's some I mean, tea there's in other there too. There's a, yeah. there's a little bit of tea. Don't shh. I don't do tea. I teach tea too. Oh my god. Okay. Um, that's okay. I still like you. <laughs> so, um, Eric always says, uh, I always joke that he, you can't make food in our kitchen. You can only make coffee. <laughs> it's pretty much the truth. It's the truth. There, um, okay. There's some bananas in a basket. Yeah. You know, bananas and coffee. But those books, I mean, those books are from so many different angles. I mean, it's, it's such a passion with you and, and you're so like, it's, you're just amazingly knowledgeable. You know, it's, it's, it's always fun to talk about coffee with you. Cause I know from one, like I'm, I'm very one minded about coffee, you know, like I just do my thing and I know what my thing is, but you, you, that's cool. Yeah. But you, you're just kind of like, you participate in all aspects of coffee. I'm a little crazy that way. You are. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Well, because it's, like I said, there's so many interests that are attached with it that when I, I remember when I was given the job, or given the task to take over, we do these, uh, in my company, we do these University of Coffee classes at a couple of culinary institutes, and I was asked to take over the history piece. And the guy that had written the history piece before was not a coffee guy and made shit up. And there were stories and they were like, okay, this is not true. And my boss said, you don't have time to rewrite it. Just present it the way he I said I can't present it the way he did because you're lying it's it's bullshit I can't (laughs) you know this is crap and so I I said just give me uh, give me two days and let me rewrite so I I went through and I pawed through stuff and I researched and I did all this stuff and I rewrote it and my uh, boss says to me well can you verify all these stories I said you can't you can only cross-reference some things I mean the Caldi the goat herder story Mm -hmm. it's it's a legend. It's not real. It's apocryphal. It doesn't, it's just trying to explain it sounds something, right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, there's nobody wrote it down. I said, but uh-huh. people talk. But there are other stories that that are just, that are handed down. And, and I do this where I'll read the story in one source and then I'll look at another one and then I'll look at that book and they'll go over there and then I'll go back and look at really old sources. And then I cross-reference using not just looking at coffee sites, looking at other places where I can get information about what was happening at the time and to make sure I'm verifying the information correctly. You're blowing my mind so the dancing goats is like apocryphal. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> I've seen so many works of art devoted to that. Yeah, well, and if you go to most origin countries, they know the story. Uh-huh. Right. So it's a great story. There's about 25, 30 different written versions. The best one is in a book by H.E. Jacobs, published in 1933, called Coffee, colon, The Epic of a Commodity. 
and it was a bestseller <laughs> in the in the 1930s. Oh. It's for real. It's still being published. He also apparently wrote a bestseller on bread, but I haven't been able to find that book. It's probably called Bread, the Epic of the Table. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so um, that story actually tells the Caldi story, and it's probably the most plausible because there's a lot of leaps of faith in the story, uh-huh. you know, about the goat. And I know, you know, I like goats. I know goats. My name's Heidi. Mm. So I'm into goats. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I fancy I myself as a friend of the goats. Of, uh, what's yeah. his name? Peter? No, no, no. What's the yeah, goat Pete. boy for Peter? Peter, Peter the goat. Peter? The goat. Yeah. Um, what was his job? And he used to take the goats out, feed them up, or yeah, let them go up them. in the mountains. Yeah, anyway. Just like Caldy yeah. did. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you train young people. Millennials, yes. yes. Do they respect you? They do because I respect them. You know, uh-huh. so the, the whole idea is like getting, um, uh, you, you know, meeting people where they're at. Because if if I had people, okay. if my teachers weren't open to me, then I would I wouldn't be where I'm at. So uh-huh. one of my, one of the things that I do is when when I sit down with a group of people for the first time, I, we go around the room and I ask them what their experience is. Because I want them, before they know all of my experience, because it can be intimidating, I don't want to be intimidating as a teacher. Mm-hmm. What I want is for them to celebrate what they know and the knowledge that they have and be proud of where they've got. Like, I've been in the coffee business five years and I've been a barista. I want them to feel really good about that. And I want them to be honest about that experience. But if I said, you know, I've been in the coffee business for 30 years and I've done a million things and I'm a super expert, what did you do? And the guy goes, well, I'm nothing. I five years, whatever. I don't, I don't want that. I, I want to have, have an openness. And I also will, I'm not stodgy. I said, I, no, I, you're I, not. I, I recognize that, um, that a, as a teacher, you have to be excited and passionate about what you do. Number one, um, you have to be knowledgeable and you have to engage people where they're at. So, um, I want people to share with me. And I also realize that my job is not, teaching skill is really easy. It really is. I mean, to make an espresso is not that complicated. And I know a bunch of people go, oh no, it's super complicated. It's not really that complicated if you follow some rules and steps. The hard part about being a teacher is, is, is inspiring someone so they believe they can. It's giving other people confidence. My job is to build confidence. It's skill is easy. Confidence is hard. So when, when we're, ste- I'm teaching them how to steam milk for the first time and we're holding the pitcher together, you know, and they make this beautiful foam and we pour this fabulous cappuccino, <clears throat> they always say, yeah, but I didn't make that. You, you, re-. it's like, no, I, st- I said, I was just the tool. All right. I'm just, I'm just here. That was you. And I make them celebrate that you did that. Now let's just keep, keep working at it. I want to make sure that, uh, they know that they can do that 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 stuff because I want them to feel proud about what they've learned and how they it's do it. It's important to if you're working at any bar, be it an alcohol bar, coffee bar, or whatever, to 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 have confidence at that mm-hmm. to to dominate the situation. Yes. You know, um, something else I like about you and 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 when you just said you're not stodgy, which is so true, is your mind is so open about people's techniques. And you go, you're all, you, you actually visit a lot of the different coffee places and try out what people are doing mm-hmm. and, and you want to know how they're doing it. And you're, you're not, um, closed minded about coffee. There's no. so much of this, like, um, this is how you do it. This is the only way to do it. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah, just yeah. like, well, and I work for a company yeah. where we are 
it, it's an Italian company, so it's by the rule. You know, it, we do the traditional Italian rules, and that's how I learned how to make coffee. And you know, it's it is it's a way where I get consistency, and it's easy, and that this and that. But there's different ways that that people are approaching coffee, and and I get frustrated sometimes. There have been coffee shops that I've gone into that are too hip for themselves, um, where I will walk in with my my blazing white hair and my big jewelry, and um, I get people looking at me and won't talk to me. Uh-huh. If I can get them to engage with me, it's a different story. Uh-huh. I went to a place in L.A. once where it was like, well, what's this woman doing in here? What's that with her? And You know, I kind of got that vibe until I or- made my order, and I started talking to them, and all of a sudden we had this, I said, oh, she's a coffee person, they figured out. Yeah. Perhaps by my line of questioning, um, and it was it it opened them up to listen. I was at a, a class at uh, uh, in Ballard one time at La Marzocco, and uh, there was this young man there, and he asked me. He said, "He said, hey, we were having a break, and he says, hey, have you ever had coffee from a Chemex?" And I looked at him and I said, "My parents used to make coffee with their Chemex." I said, "Let's do it. Let's have fun." <laughs> so, I'll teach you the way they used to do it, and you teach me the way you do it. It was, and it became something where we were having more fun. But it's sure. like, it always surprises me that every generation thinks they're the first one who ever did anything. So I want oh, the, yeah, I want no, to sort of yeah, build yeah. that. Bridge. I mean, I was the same way when I was young. Don't get me oh, wrong. Sure. I, yeah, I me make too. fun of millennials now, but like, full disclosure. <laughs> I thought I knew everything when I was 22. So, so me know, too. And, me and, too. And all the like the um, older things that I had discovered, I thought I discovered them. Yeah. Like that that nobody knew. Exactly. You know. Of course. Of nobody course. listens to Rosemary Clooney but me. Oh yeah. Well, apparently <laughs> nobody listens to Blossom Deary but me. Chemex. Siphons. Mocha pots. But those arrow presses. <laughs> <laughs> the um the uh what you said about um the too cool for school i hear a lot of this people often think that there's so many places with hipster baristas that are snobby or whatever mm. but i've never really found that if to be true like if i go in some place that has that reputation mm-hmm. i just don't have that experience and i want you know i i i often end up in a conversation with the person i find them if you draw them out that they'll be mm-hmm. open to you absolutely um it and it's um it's I my white hair it throws them off yeah but but you always and you always jewelry. break them down man i do break them down you got to break them down you got to let them know we are your friends we all love coffee we <laughs> We're all love a coffee, coffee family yeah. i went to know. a place in la and it was a new place um although it's a company that's established and and um, so uh, it was their new place in L.A., and I went in, and they had the roastery, and there was a barista behind the counter, and I recognized a couple of people because, you know, L.A. had this had its huge coffee boom, and it was, like, so exciting and so much fun to live in L.A. at that time um, and watch what was going on. And um, I ordered a coffee, and the barista was fantastic. I mean, he was just like – and it, they were hipsters. Yeah, they were hipsters, but they were like loving what they did, and you could tell it, and you could sense it. And it's like I like it when people like what they're doing. And he asked me something that I ask all of my students because coffee is an interesting thing. It's not just a drink. It's not just a beverage. It's an elixir. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's something that's deeper than that. So he asked me. He said, "Hey, do you remember the best espresso you ever had?" And I went, "Whoa, yeah, I do." Because I ask people that. Because when you ask someone that question, 
presumably they drank espresso, that they'll have a story. And the story is never about the espresso. It's not about the machine. It's not about the barista. It's not about, none of, none of that stuff is, matters. What matters in the first part of the story is always where they are, who they're with, and what they're doing. So huh. my, my and it, it's classic. So I have to sort of, when I'm teaching class, I tell them, I don't care if it was, you know, my brand of coffee. I don't care what machine it was in. I don't care. It's not about suck up. I really want to know what the story was behind it. And once that's out there, people will tell you things that, oh, you know what? I was in, you know, I was in Paris and it was springtime or I was with my family and we were together for the first time and, and we like each other. Uh, and we're on a camping trip together and we make, you know, espresso with a hand press or whatever. But it's always about those things. And, and my f- I remember telling my story, which was the very first time I had the opportunity to go to Rome. It was springtime and I was traveling with, uh, with a colleague of mine who I just adore. And she actually was my muse and inspired me to continue to move forward on training and development and all that. Um, And we walked into a place that was near the Spanish Steps, and we ordered, I ordered an espresso and she ordered a um, cappuccino. And we both took a sip at the same time and went, (gasps) and it was like this, it was like rays from heaven coming in. It was like the espresso I ever had it was so fabulous and she had a great one and then we got into a conversation with the barista and she was like oh you're Americans what the hell you look at you you're enjoying you know it's like it was a really great experience and a student asked me once um, if you were served that coffee tomorrow in your kitchen would the experience be the same and I said absolutely not I said it would be I would recognize that that espresso was prepared beautifully it was it was really tasty but it wasn't springtime wasn't in rome like immersed in the coast i wasn't with you know natalie and we weren't hanging out and having the time of our life this weekend before we had to get to work um in rome so so those things are really important when someone asks you hey amy let's go out and have a cup of coffee maybe you don't have coffee maybe you have hot chocolate maybe you have tea maybe no you Not don't have tea, tea. no tea sorry <laughs> I crossed the line there. I apologize. Apologize. <laughs> but you, you may not have those things, but it's, it is a, you're, you're implying that there's going to be some sort of social intercourse there, that you're going to have a conversation, that you're going to have some sort of moment when you're, you know, chatting with somebody. And that's the beautiful thing. That's what drives me about coffee. That's what I, the, the thing I love most about it is that social aspect. Even though yeah. I'm cloistered on an island. Yeah, I mean, don't that's see the anybody. thing is like these coffee shops ones that people were bringing up tonight last exit and all these places in the from the 80s there were a lot last in the 80s exit. that i loved um last exit oh my god apple pie and, and okay. a place that had the worst espresso but is still so awesome what, who, what's yeah. the place that was in the alley kind of by the u bookstore what's that place called oh allegro that allegro, allegro cafe yeah. allegro um terrible coffee horrible but love it doesn't yeah. matter but doesn't see matter. that doesn't matter the coffee yeah. doesn't matter it's the it's the social sort of moment that yeah. you have and it's even better when somebody makes a really great cup of coffee. I mean, yeah, and and just that whole, you know, just that whole experience of. But I see what you mean. It's like because often when I do ask people, they about coffee and when they describe the best coffee they ever had, it's they're usually on vacation. Yep. They're on. They're they're yep. in Europe. They're somewhere, San Francisco, whatever. They're on vacation. They're out of their normal routine. Yeah. Because we have our ritual coffee too. That one that you drink every day the same way. There's that one, too. It's like, i got to have that one. Otherwise, life is out of balance. (laughs) And then there's the one you have on vacation, which is the one that you remember till the end of time. Yeah. It's kind of like my dad, when he was younger, climbed Mount Whitney in California. And um, 
he got altitude sickness mm-hmm. and they had been cooking like potatoes like on the fire or whatever mm-hmm. the night before and he was like vomiting and love, you know whatever but the next morning Charming. when he finally felt when he finally felt better he ate one of those potatoes that had been sitting on like kind of warm on the mm-hmm. whatever and he said it was the best thing he had ever eaten in his yes. entire life and the best thing I ever had in my entire life was I had been really, really, really sick and I was super dehydrated from, again, vomiting. Yeah. The vomit turns in later on into food tasting really good. But yes, well. I drank a sparkling fucking spark can of sparkling water. I swear to God, it's to the, this day the, the best, best thing I've ever had. Ever. No, the best anything I've ever, any food. You know? Canned pears after food poisoning <laughs> it's I had turkey <laughs> turkey <laughs> it was I didn't eat turkey you though. got sick from the turkey I mean? got sick from the turkey and I had canned pears when you were a little bit better when you I was canned. better it was the first food I had and it was, it was like, so good right so good yeah the best pears when you ever. bounce back from a dehydration and stuff <laughs> it's, everything is so delicious <laughs> Oh, that but, liver, you know, that but I, liver just, was great. I just bring it up because of that. Um, it, sometimes it's not really the thing; it's the whole. You know, it, there's so many other things ex- leading up to it. Definitely experience. Yeah, but I don't know. Co- yeah, and, and coffee's a, it's just a beautiful experience. Yes. My favorite place is still every every single day. I go to a <laughs> coffee shop every single day, and and um, I don't spend like barely any money at all. But the only money I spend is on <laughs> coffee. Excellent. That's perfect. It's very well, you know. But I have to have it. It's of a course. very, it's a luxury because item. It, it's, you know what? They, they, there were, there've been some studies done on on specialty coffee, and one of the things that they, this was recent. The last SEA did it in the last couple of a uh, few years ago, that they asked people, like, especially during the recession, the one thing, you know, what will they give up? With coffee, they no. They just go, no, I'm not going to eat today, but I'm going to have my coffee. I mean, it is, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous it's that in, I do this intense. because I, I'm unemployed. You know, I mean, my, my financial situation is like, you know, it keeps but me up at night. But you need to have a little thing, luxury. That's the thing. It's Affordable like the, and, and where else would I interview people for podcasts <laughs> if I didn't go to, you know, but well, it's, we're it's at my volunteer entire park social in the middle life. Of the night. Yeah. <laughs> it is. We are in volunteer park and it's park is i think officially cl- it's officially closed Fantastic. right now so there should Great. be cops coming but, but um excellent uh let us just tell me whatever yeah but anyway i mean coffee's a luxury item yet mm-hmm. yet um if anybody was standing by passing judgment on me they'd be like well you get coffee every day it's like yeah well you can <laughs> it's like but i never buy clothes you know yeah so, you shouldn't yeah. have to make any kind of ju- no there's yeah. no you just say just say Go talk to the coffee women. They'll tell you. It's it's, it's just important. so important to me. I can't tell you. It, and you know what? If you don't have those things, if you don't have those things that you can latch on to, what's the point? Come exactly. On, seriously. It's a, yeah. It's, it's yeah. the little things. They say yeah. it's the little things. It's the little things, but it's to me, it's a big things. thing. It's my whole social life. Really. That's all right, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I made my built my career on a social situation. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It I, I, again. It's. I love that whole thing that it's all about bringing people together. And I'm kind of uh, someone who spends a lot of time by herself these days, all cloistered up on her island. Oh, hey, those are not cops. They're not cops. Those okay, are cops. Good. Good. <laughs> those aren't cops. I don't want to get arrested. Me neither. No, no that we would just get kicked out. You say, get the hell What's out of here. What's that guy doing? Oh, wait. He was... He's a cop. 
He's not a cop. But no, he's doing interesting things. Um, what else was I going to ask he's you before? He's having his thing. He's doing, doing his thing. thing. He's doing whatever he but does. But he's twirling something. He's a baton twirler. <laughs> Don't worry, I edit these. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Fuck, goddamn shit. shit. Fuck I yeah. beep. Um, I think. I think, too. Therefore, I am. Coffee, 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 coffee. I love coffee. I love tea. <laughs> you said but you tea don't. Again. No, I don't I love tea. Um, maybe well, somebody's not introduced you to tea. No, I'm not open to it though. Man, you need to. Open I gotta it up. close mine when it comes to tea. Cause tea will give you the clarity without the jitters. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a chemical in there that buffers that. I like a. I I will cave to an to an Earl Grey, like Tetley. Mm. A Tetley Earl Grey tea. (laughs) That's it. I used to drink it with soy milk in it, and that was okay. Open door. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that's. I think we covered the covered the ground. Covered some ground tonight. Thing and the. Really appreciate you coming out to the Black Hole Sun. At midnight. No, it's not quite it's midnight, but we can pretend it's midnight. It's midnight it's with midnight. the coffee women at the black hole sun. It makes it after the coffee event. We went to the black hole sun until the wee hours of the morning. We'd be like coffee witches. <laughs> We're coffee witches. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the thank coffee. you, Heidi Rasmussen. Thank you, Amy Vanderbeck. Anytime I can hang out, you know it's fun times. Truly. Good times. And there's much more to talk about. And we'll talk about more stuff later. More stuff. Yeah, later. More stuff. I'm going to dominate your podcast. Every the podcast you Every do. podcast will be with Heidi. <laughs> okay, but first, before we get started with this other person, Heidi has something to say. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to say something before. Be my co-host. I will. All right, love you. Love you too. Ciao.